<laughs> Hello and welcome back to Idiot's Alphabet Soup. <laughs> you know what we need to do? What? And this can stay on the potty or this can go off the potty. I don't, yes. I don't know. But we need to figure out some consistent thing that I say after you say hello and welcome to Idiot's Alphabet Soup. Because I never know what to say next and literally everything I say always sounds dumb. Because <laughs> I always want to go, I always want to go, Idiot's Alphabet Soup. Badoop. Badoop. Um, okay, what should you say then? I don't know. You know what? Maybe we should leave this as a suggestion for our listeners. <laughs> listeners. What should Jenny say after After hello and welcome to Idiot's Alphabet Soup? What would you what would you like to hear? <laughs> Frequent fans of the pod, we'd love to know. I know. It's like a routine now. And I feel like we what, this is the sixteenth episode. We can so get away with adding like one more thing, you know? Oh yeah. For sure. Oh, for sure. For, for sure, for sure. But now right. it has to be good or else you're going to be stupid for the rest of time. Girl, I feel like I'm already destined to be stupid for the rest like, of hello, time. Hello and welcome to Idiot's Alphabet Soup. Idiot's, Idiot's Alphabet, Alphabet Soup. soup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Ooh, so, you can be like, that's us, the idiots. I like that, actually. <laughs> um, oh, man. All right. So, um... Should I redo? Before, we, before we start into the episode, should we tell our listeners what our next episode is going to be about? Okay. Okay. You're trying okay. to remember what it is, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm just thinking. Okay, here is the situation, people. Is next episode. We're going to have an author that's not related to us. I know. I'm so excited. And like... How it happened feels like it's not quite real, but we're are we planning to talk about it next episode, kind of how the whole thing transpired, right? Yes, but basically, um, the book that we're going to be reading next episode is um, called Vanderbilt, The Rise and Fall of an, M- uh, of an American Dynasty, and it's by Anderson Cooper, who whose great-great-grandfather was Cornelius Vanderbilt, and by this author, Catherine Howe. Um, anyway... Best-selling author Catherine Howe is coming on the episode next, in two weeks. Yes, not Anderson Cooper, but Catherine Howe, best-selling author. Best-selling author <laughs> Catherine Howe. So exciting. I I still, like, it doesn't seem real. Honestly, <laughs> I'm like, why would she want to come on our podcast? Honestly, I'm thinking she's going to ghost, <laughs> just so I don't get disappointed, but she's not. She's a prompt queen, probably. She seems like she has her act together. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that to look forward to. Also, like, read the book Vanderbilt. It's really good. Um, obviously, we'll we'll be talking about it or asking her questions about it in two weeks, but... It's, like, good because it's, like, very well documented, very... Lots of, like, research went into it, I'm sure, but the tea. It is yes. full of tea. It feels like you're just reading all about these people's drama. Like, if you're the type of person who loves, like, hearing about gossip but doesn't like to be involved in it, like, yes. this is the book for you. Like, the Vanderbilts were, like, the original hype beasts. <laughs> and, like, the parties they would throw. My word. A woman literally wore a taxidermied cat on her head to one of these parties. Yes. Ooh, Ooh. okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Um, 
Should we do a little life update before we get into the episode as well? Yes, let's do a life update. All right. Well, so the big thing for me is that there's a couple big things. Number one, the semester is starting soon. Uh, so no longer summer, which I think is dumb and stupid and lame, but it is what it is. I'm going to be teaching again in the fall, which I think will be exciting, but also like, I don't know, it is what it is. And then the big thing is I took a prelim exam a week ago or almost a week ago now. Um, so basically it was like a, yeah, like a four hour exam that Mm -hmm. I have to do. Um, and like the way the graduate program I'm in does it is like, you have to take two of these at some point during your PhD. And so I've taken one already and then I took one a week ago and I get to find out hopefully in a few weeks if I passed it. I'm hopeful, but still unsure. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, a majority of my summer has been spent studying for that. Well, I went to a wedding recently. And it was super fun. Um, You met her, Naomi. Yeah. Yeah, she was like one of my bridesmaids. And I got to be one of her bridesmaids. Also, one of only two people who are not family. Be proud. Wow. Yes. Okay, I have a question. Is mm-hmm. the wedding going experience different when you're already married? Or is it like just the same? Well, okay, that's the thing is the last wedding I went to, I was like in high school. Oh. And so like, it was so different just because I hated being there. And it was like, oh, it was an ew family thing and not like, ooh, fun celebration with my friends thing, you know? Yeah. Like this is one of my well, like, it's not one of my first friends who got married, but it's, like, one of the first friends that got married, and I get to be there, because, like, the people I know who are married are, like, in the Philippines, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I can definitely tell you that it was more enjoyable than my wedding, just because at my wedding, there wasn't enough time to, like, just dance and, like, enjoy myself. Like, I was dancing, Mm -hmm. But I was still, like, thinking, you know? Well, there's a, yeah, when it's your wedding, there's a lot going on. Yeah, but, like, that, the, when I was just a bridesmaid, it was awesome because all I did was, uh, my whole job was to look beautiful. <laughs> just look beautiful and, like, it's not crazy amounts of pressure because the bride has to be more beautiful than me. So, so, so your whole job is to be pretty, but not too pretty. <laughs> Yes. And like, we were helping out, quote unquote, um, early in the morning. Um, But then Naomi's mom like, sent us away. And she's like, just go get ready. And I was like, we'll do chief. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my whole job at the wedding was like, um, getting ready and keeping the girlies entertained. The second job is not required. But I feel like that's just my personality. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't required, but it was definitely the job for you, honestly. Yeah, so it was really fun. And um, the problem is, like, me and, like, for those who don't know, my husband's name is Luke. So me and my husband, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're both kind of, like, big hams. And so, like, we were, like, kind of dancing in the beginning. And then we got a lot of people saying, wow, you're really tearing up the dance floor. And so we're like, oh, my gosh, like, we have to go again. We have to dance for hours so everybody can see how great we are. (laughs) And, like, 
Luke can keep a beat, but for me, it's like quite questionable. But the compliments gave me enough confidence to just like flail, and it was really fun. Oh my word, I love that so much. We have to gift the world with our epic dance moves. <laughs> Honestly, if someone uh, hasn't seen your epic dance moves, like they're worse off for it. Exactly. Yeah. Jenny, you know what we need is one of our mutual friends to get married. Yes. Because we would oh, tear up word. that dance we floor. We would tear up that dance floor, which is hilarious because neither of us can dance well. <laughs> <sighs> oh, but it would be so great, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you know what I learned is that it can be charming. Like, even if you don't know how to dance, like, it's charming when you don't care that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little like, oh, she's dancing like no one is watching moment. Exactly. Did you also, okay, I need to know if you also went through a phase like this when you were, when you were, like, in your teen angst or whatever, of, like, uh-huh. just thinking that the phrase dance like no one is watching was, like, the deepest thing. Yes. You know what else I thought was deep? What? Was, like, I heard someone say this and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so clever and funny. It was like, somebody was whining about something when I was, like, in the fifth grade and then this one other girl in my class was like build a bridge and get over it and i was like that is so smart oh my god my other thing was like dancing in the rain i was like oh the symbolism of dancing in the rain it's just so deep and then my sister was like um said this thing that i'm sure she just like read somewhere that was like maybe life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass it's about learning to dance in the rain and i was like oh Oh, man oh my gosh and i would like yeah i would like draw these pictures of girls like dancing in the rain except they never had any hands because i couldn't draw hands that is so funny oh my gosh i love like talking to kids who are just starting to become like full people because like they don't know anything they haven't heard anything yet so whatever you say sounds like new and exciting Mm -hmm. like you quote something it's like wow or like I'm I'm gonna have to talk about Didi so like Naomi has like a little sister Didi and she's like 17 and we were dancing and like singing to early 2000s music and she was like, oh my gosh, I love this TikTok song. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, man. <sighs> Here's the thing, Catherine, is sometimes you say phrases and they actually are unique to you and new to that person <laughs> because you came up with them and you forgot about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so, true. Um, Catherine and I and one of our friends, like I'm not quite sure which of us actually started saying this, but like it kind of originated one weekend when we were all hanging out in DC together. We started referring to people as like skinny legends. Skinny legend. If they're like, you know, looking looking skinny. Um <laughs> and so so like Catherine and I will say this, like sometimes, you know, like sometimes you put on put on a piece of clothing and like it makes you look nice and slim and you're like ooh looking like a skinny legend or like <laughs> you have to you ever like trying to get behind someone when they're like sitting and you have to like squeeze past their chair or something it's like ooh skinny yeah. legend moment <laughs> anyway 
Um, so like, I've gotten to the point where I just pull this out without really thinking about the fact that like, we came up with this phrase. And <laughs> you were pulling it out too at the wedding, right? Yes. And they were like, they thought I was hilarious. And I was like, wow, love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. completely forgetting that like, it wasn't a universal phrase. Yes. Oh gosh. Also, I had Ethiopian food for the first time. Because Naomi is half Ethiopian. It was really good. Um, I ate this food. It was called it was called Kitfo, and it was raw ground beef with spices. And it was actually very good. Highly recommend. Just don't think about it, and it'll taste delicious. I feel like you don't have that big of an aversion to eating raw foods, though. No, I'm. I I actually don't. I don't have an aversion to eating anything. Because like, I do have an aversion to eating sweet things. I do have an aversion to eating sweet things and also vegetables, just because, you know, I don't believe in vegetables. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't have an aversion to eating anything. And it's like, you have an aversion to eating things that, like, generally people ought to eat, like vegetables. And sweets. Well, Actually, like, I'm talking about, like, can, yeah. I'm talking about, like, uh, conventionally disgusting things. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, don't have a problem eating any part of the animal. Um, generally, I want to eat every part of the animal to show it respect (laughs) there was like this one time me and luke went to a filipino like it was like a filipino boodle fight which is like you put all of your food like in the middle of the table on like some banana leaves and you eat with your hands and there was like like a filipino low country boil right yes and there was like this whole like fried fish and luke was like thought he was so clever and smart he's like i dare you to eat that eye and i was like okay and i just <laughs> reached and grabbed that gooey eye and I ate it and he was just like oh <laughs> it was awesome but yeah i don't i'm not really scared about trying new food yeah why yeah you also like to try food combinations which like i'll yes. i'll generally try them with you but um, I don't enjoy them the way you do. Like you, for our listeners, Catherine will sometimes send me a video where she has like ramen and a banana. She's like dips her banana in the ramen and then eats it. Okay, it's sweet, savory. It's sweet, salty. That's fair. You should try it sometime. Maybe I will. Oh, Remember and then when we had like, ramen and then you also you had a donut? donut in it? <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> Part of my aversion to that, though, is that I hate anything that's, like, soggy bread related. <gasps> okay. So if my bread is, the like, thing. the least bit soggy, cannot do it. That's why I don't like French toast, because it's too much soggy bread. Also, I don't like eggs that much. I don't know. I just love, like, texture, right? So, like, if there's any interesting texture, like, I want to eat it. And speaking of soggy bread, there's this one thing I did when I was a kid. So do you remember... Um, you know, I got you really into like shrimp chips, right? Yeah. At the Asian store. So there's I a do spicy like shrimp chips. Yeah. There's like the spicy version of the shrimp chips. Ooh. And um I when I was a kid, I was like I really like the spice, but it made me really thirsty. And I was like, I got a brilliant idea. Is I'm just gonna take a handful of the spicy shrimp chips and soak it. In a glass of water, and I'm just gonna drink that and like (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I did. Like unironically, I did that many times. 
like more so than disgusting. 20 times. Oh my word. Yeah, I used to do it like periodically as a kid. Oh, I just, yeah. so I just like mixed it up. <laughs> like shrimp chips are, are really good. But oh, the texture of that would kill me. Or like, you know what I do sometimes, like now, unironically, and like, I have no shame about it. It's like, if I ha- eat something like super savory, like if I'm eating chicken or something, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like broiled or like roasted chicken. I, I like, I sometimes eat a bite and then take like a big gulp of water and kind of like gargle it in there. It's like, oh, soup. <laughs> you are insane. Is that are these marks of uh, sociopath? I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe like I don't know how our listeners are going to react to this because I don't know if they have like quite as much of a thing with like soggy as I do. Like I hate anything soggy. <laughs> oh, uh, but you know what's a word. good texture? What is tripe? I love a good tripe moment. <laughs> Listeners, I know you don't trust me anymore about anything food related, but just hear me out. Well, no one can hear that shrimp chip in, in water. Let's drink it down like a smoothie <laughs> story <laughs> and trust your opinions on food. But like, they're either put off by the shrimp chip bit or they're put off by the smoothie bit. It's not smoothie, it's just soaked, okay? Look at you, just exaggerating. Now you're looking foolish, Jenny, and I look sensible. (laughs) Okay, should we uh, talk about what we're actually going to talk about? Like, oh, before we get started, let's do a little life update. 20 minutes later. We're talking about your childhood eating soggy, saturated shrimp chips. (laughs) You were the one who brought up food combinations. It's not my fault. That's true. All right. Should we move on? Yeah, we should. What were you going to say? I was going to say is that that's the thing we do together now. Like, whenever we're eating two things, it's like, should we put them together? Like, we we were watching the Meg 2 the other day. And I had Nerd's Gummy Clusters, which are objectively such a good candy. And you had mm-hmm. Doritos. I was like, oh, well, let's eat them together. <laughs> or like we had Oreos and Guac together one time. Oh, that was that or, was not bad. The Oreos and Guac was good. What was not good was the Sun Chips with strawberry ice cream. Yeah, that was awful. You know what was good was the peach mango pie with gravy. That was okay. It just tasted like peach mango pie and gravy, right? Like, it wasn't a revolutionary new flavor. <sighs> okay, so. <clears throat> all right, I can I can lead us into this one. All right, go on. Okay, so today, our, like, actual topic that we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> is um, this question of, like, what does it mean to be well-read or, like, to read diversely, I guess? And is that, is that important? And how do we cultivate that in our own reading? Or like how, or if we do, like, how do you and I work, work towards doing that? So we're going to lead off with this question, which is like, when you think of being well-read, mm-hmm. what, like, what does that mean to you? Um, when I think of somebody well-read, there's definitely like a quantity aspect to it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't be well-read and just 
read like a limited amount of books. So I think what you need is a little bit of everything and something like, and like what you take from the book or what you talk about is like more than surface level. So like, you know. Okay. So <laughs> do you know what let I mean? Me ask you, let me ask you some more questions here. Okay. So, so when you say you mean something like you pull things from the book to discuss that are not surface level, what type of things are you thinking about there? So like, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of like, I'm thinking pulling things from the book that are not explicitly in the book. Like recounting events is not a deep interpretation of the book. Okay. So if someone was like, oh, you read Project Hail Mary, that was like pretty wild that there was an alien there, huh? You'd be like that service level. But if someone yeah. was like, yeah, Project Hail Mary really made me think about like, what like how far you're willing to go to save the human race and how sometimes like you have to destroy a lot in order to like survive to survive or to to uh have a positive outcome in the end then yeah. you'd be like okay <clears throat> you you're on the path to being well read <laughs> yeah that's like that's a good question and if they ask about alien jesus be still my heart <laughs> what a genius okay yeah i feel like i feel like do you agree with me i feel like i could get behind your definition i would maybe like maybe you said this already but i would add to the idea like somewhat of a a broad range for reading so like if you only read books about world war ii but you've read a lot about world war ii i wouldn't necessarily consider someone to be well read because they only read about World War Two. Yeah. Um, but if someone reads books across different subjects, or dif- I guess different subjects and also like different genres. Yeah, I um, think genres is most important. And I think, I don't know, I wouldn't really call somebody well-read if they haven't read like a lot of the classics. Okay. So here's my But here's I don't know question. if that's like I don't know if that's me being uppity or if that's like an actual qualifier of being well read. I, I think it brings this question of like when it comes to being well read, how much is it that you can talk with other people about the books you've read? Because the thing about the classics is that they're classic because a lot of people have read them. And so mm-hmm. like you have the ability to discuss those with other people who have also read them. Or it's like, if someone talks about the books they've read, those are the ones that you are likely to have also read. Um, but here's my question for you. So like, I I was working at the math emporium one day and was suddenly like struck by this, like, oh, maybe I need to be more well-read. And so I was like looking on the internet for like how to be more well-read. And I came across this Reddit thread Um, And everyone there was saying, like, oh, you read books across these topics, like history and science and whatever, whatever. But it was all nonfiction. It was Mm -hmm. all like you read about these topics. So that's, I guess that's my question now is, like, if you're reading only nonfiction. So, like, you know, you're, you're, you're learning a lot. But it's all, like, yeah, these, like maybe not even biographies, just, like, books on history, books on science, uh-huh. uh, that sort of thing. 
do you think that's a, a broad enough base to be considered well-read? I don't know. I think it makes you knowledgeable about some certain topics, but I wouldn't necessarily call that well-read because here's like what I think, right? Is that in any like field, there are like staples that like come with it. So Mm. like, for example, like if you were good at like numerical linear algebra, you probably heard of like Golub and Van Loan, you know? (laughs) Like, like there are just some things that like go with being good at that thing. And I feel like a base, a solid base or like understanding of the classics, you don't have to know all of them, but but you do have to know like a little sum of each. Yeah. And that's like, okay, I think you're, you're well-read. Okay. And I wouldn't say either that if somebody just read the classics that they would be well-read because that's just one like part of it. Yeah. Okay. It's certainly more impressive to read classics. Yeah. To me. So maybe I have a few questions here. Number okay. one, these, this is, I'm going off the book here, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you think being well-read is like a reasonable goal to aspire to? And like, like, do you feel like it's worthwhile and do you feel like it's attainable? Okay. Well, I think it's worthwhile to read books point blank period. Mm-hmm. I don't think that somebody needs to be well-read to be smart. I don't think somebody needs to be well-read to be an interesting person or talk about books. And so I think that being well, well-read is just uh, a consequence to liking uh, to liking different books. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary or particularly impressive. Um, it just means that um, you have a diverse taste and you like thinking about things. Nice. I think yeah. I would agree with that. I would say it's like a, it's a, a fun goal to set for yourself, right? To be like, I want to broaden my knowledge base. And I think it's the type of thing that if you're, if you're working to be well-read, it will help to improve you as a person. Just to yeah. like gain more information and learn to like ask interesting questions about the books you're reading. It certainly but, is yeah. a, a type of intellectual challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Um. There are many others, but this, it's like pretty, it's like pretty easy to, to get started, I feel. Yeah. 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 And it's definitely. like a good goal. And I think being well-read is such a crowd pleaser. Like you can talk about a lot of things. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've bored you enough with all my fun facts. <laughs> I will say, I feel like it's fun to be friends with someone who's well-read as long as they're not pretentious about it. <clears throat> because um i think the risk you run when you're trying is this the to be part where you tell me that i'm pretentious about it no i don't think you're pretentious about it but i do think there are people who are like who are kind of pretentious about like how well read they are and okay i am kind of projecting here on this person that i saw once and literally never talked to but i was playing tennis the other day i didn't tell you about this Catherine. so this is new information to you <laughs> okay I was playing tennis the other day. I'm like at the tennis courts uh, with my friend. We're like, you know, playing tennis. I'm trash at it, but like, oh no, somebody was reading. Garrett told me. Oh, Garrett did tell you. Okay. Anyway, yeah. yeah. There was this. There was this guy who like comes over by the tennis courts and like sits on this park bench, and he's wearing like his vintage loafers and like his little wool sweater. It is such a hot day. 
and he's got this like wool sweater with a little collar poking up like very dark academia and he like pulls out this book on the park bench by the tennis courts and is like reading oh it and like, looking at us quite judgingly like oh you uncultured uh athletes with a little only a pea brain bouncing around in that school of yours if only you well read sitting on this park bench like me it gave very much like reading your book as you walk through the halls energy okay that was me i know uh-huh. girl it was me too um, <laughs> we all go through that phase of our lives yeah Probably but that's it happened at like 21 that's like actually a little ridiculous i don't know what it is about that that is so off-putting i'm not sure (laughs) is it because it's middle school behavior i think maybe like i'm all for like taking a book somewhere and reading outside but something about like it it just was just so like out of place i guess like wearing these like warm clothes on a hot summer day with like your little nerd glasses and like you're like a hardcover vintage book out by the tennis courts i don't know yeah i don't think you should read books to impress other people yeah definitely not i think at least not you can do it like five percent of the time yeah i feel yeah you can sometimes it's nice to read a book and be able to be like i read that which i don't know if there actually are any that i have but i know you have some like plato's republic oh i quite like plato's republic yeah, I mean, like, but it's also impressive when you tell people that you read it. Ah, yeah. yes. Um, what was I saying? Das Kapital oh, yeah. by uh, Karl Marx. That's also a good one. I don't, I couldn't say because I haven't read it. But I think, like, sometimes it's good to read books so that you can talk to other people about them. But I don't think you should read books to impress other people. Yeah. Okay, yeah. here's my question. is: Do you okay. think it's particularly impressive when someone quotes a book okay I don't not know. like from a notebook but like from memory quotes a book from memory i think it's one of those things where if i know what like if i know what they're referencing it makes me feel good uh-huh. but if i don't know what they're referencing it's like what's the point yeah um and i think part of it is that like i i've never really gotten that because i feel like i don't often remember quotes from books Unless I, like, write them down and think about them a lot. But in general, yeah, I usually don't remember them word for word. And I always... Do you ever watch those, like, Jane Austen adaptations? (laughs) Or, like, that type of movie where the characters who are all, like, lonely and poetic or whatever would, like, quote poetry to each other. And, like, the one would start something and then the other one would finish it and be like, so romantic. I've always been like, how do you just keep all this in your head? Like, you don't read a poem and then just remember all of it. (laughs) And, like, at least for me, like, there are poems that I have memorized. And, like, if someone started them, I could finish them. But, like, maybe, like, ten max. Which means I would have to have some guy start quoting one of those ten poems (laughs) I know. (laughs) Or did people back in this day just sit around and, like, memorize poetry? Like, is that just what they did so that when a guy came around and started quoting poetry, they could quote it back to him? (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, I don't know. Maybe I should ask you then, because you quote things from books sometimes. How do you remember the quotes from books? Well, like, there are just certain quotes that I I really like. 
and I I make sure to remember them. And you make fun of me for it. <laughs> I do. I I like said something about like um I said something about like a Mark Twain quote, and you're like, ha ha. <laughs> If I remember correctly, I actually thought the quote was really good. I laughed because I was putting it in our in our discussion guide. We were making we were making a list of like potential things to talk about on the podcast. And so like we were talking and I was like typing everything into a Google Doc and I was like, Oh, we could talk about this idea of like what does it mean to be well read? And Catherine like whips out this Mark Twain quote and I was like, Oh, that's cool. So I just wrote Mark Twain quote in there. Mark Twain quote in here. Uh, but you can't but anyway, Mark, and not give it to us oh that's true anyway mark twain said something that was like uh a man who is literate but does not read has no advantage over uh a man who cannot read if you can read you ought to read oh well, yeah if you want to be better than an illiterate man <laughs> if you want to be better than other people you should read <laughs> Um, but yeah, my boy Mark Twain said that, and I thought that was really cool. I read it in high school. Nice. Or okay. like, uh, I remember this one really good quote from that book we read together, uh, Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis. Oh, yes. You remember? What was, the, it was like, what was the quote? It was like, a love like that can be nine-tenths hate and still call itself love. I was like, wow. That's deep. <laughs> Toxic. Oh, man. The... I feel like when I, there's, I can think of like one quote off the top of my head from a book. Yeah. I mean, besides like, there's some like first lines that I know, right? Like the first line to they Pride and Prejudice. They call me Ishmael. No, it's it was like, they call, call me, me Ishmael. It's just call me Ishmael. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> but yeah, I know like the, the intro quote to Pride and Prejudice. Do you know that one? Is it the thing where the ending is like, to get a, a husband or something yeah it's like there's yeah. a truth universe it is a truth universally acknowledged that a young man in possession of a large fortune must be in want of a wife or something like that um but the one that i oh, read that, I, like, I remember that because the yeah. opening line of pride and prejudice and zombies is like <laughs> it is a universal truth that zombies want brains or something like that. oh my word anyway what I was saying was, there's another book quote that I like actually do remember and it sticks with me. But I think part of the reason I remember it is because I wrote it down and like put it on my wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, if you go through life pretending you understand, you'll always be like a slave to the things that you don't understand. That's pretty good. Yeah. I feel like it's quite applicable to me because I'm very much like if someone's explaining some, like if I ask a question and someone's answering it, and I'm not getting it. I'm always just uh-huh. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Because <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to admit that, like, even after they explain it, I still don't understand it. Which, like, sometimes when you're, like, oh, you're just hanging out with your friends and you don't quite get what they're getting at. Yeah, like, it's fine to just let it go. But, like, when I'm trying to learn and, mm-hmm. like, do well in a class or, like, succeed and actually gain information in a setting where I need to it's really yeah. quite uh quite a detrimental thing for me to do that yeah I don't know for me it's not so much that I'm embarrassed by it but like I don't want to be in this conversation more than I longer than I have to be so yeah. like I just be like yep 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 and then I look it up after <laughs> oh man yeah yeah I'll do that about 
I feel like I'll do that when it's actually no, I just I do it all the time. But I'm fine with doing that when it's like just you know talking with my friends about yeah. things that like aren't super important. It's like quite hilarious how not the kind of person that doesn't like to explain things at all. Like I would mm-hmm. rather just like act dumb or like just not engage or contribute if that meant that like oh I don't have to explain um and but now I have a I have a podcast with you and we just (laughs) explain books to death and Uh, remember when you first noticed that behavior it was like we were at art and fiber or something like the craft store I do not remember this lady was like the lady was like oh where where are you all from and you said I'm from Oregon and, and the lady oh, turned to right, me. because we were buying the. Okay, I remember this. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the lady turned to me, and I was like, oh, I'm from Maryland. And it was like, that was that good. Like, we're leaving. Yeah. And, and I was like, why don't you say you're from the Philippines? Like, that takes too long to explain. And, like, who cares? Yeah. And so now that's why <laughs> our favorite joke is that you're friends of the Mennonite from Oregon, and I'm friends of the Filipino Catholic from Maryland. <laughs> from maryland okay so do you think that you are well-read i don't think so i think i definitely um i will say that i read more than the average person but that's not quite so difficult i would say that i try to take away something like anything from any book that i read and i try to think about more than just the goings-on inside the book and like I get really excited when I kind of make an observation that's not explicitly in the book. That's not explicitly stated. So that's kind of why I like theme hunting and why I'm always like obsessed with what is the theme of this book? Or like, what what can I get from this book that is like a good, like what is a good perspective on like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say that I'm well-read. I would say I read a lot. Okay, so what do you feel like it is that's keeping you from being able to say that you're well-read? I don't think I have a good grasp of classics. Mm. I've definitely read a bunch, but I don't think I've read it enough. And then another thing that's keeping me from being well-read is, I think, a lack of diversity, too. I'm trying to fix that, but... um, Right now, I'm definitely like picking things out that I like. Yeah, and I think there's not always a there's not always a problem with that. Like sometimes, just to keep yourself reading, you have to pick out the things that you like. Yeah, but yeah. okay, I'll I'll tell you this though. I think you're quite well read. Really? Because I was gonna say that I don't think I'm well read. Like I would think of you as more well read than me. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's why we keep each other around. I love that. <laughs> Tell me why I'm well-read. <laughs> I want you to tell me why I'm well-read. Okay. okay. I'll tell you what I think my barriers to being well-read are. Okay. Um. Number one, I think that, like, I also don't read super diversely, which is something I'm working on. Um. I think, oh, I would say I read, I, tend, it's, I think it's because I focus so much more on fiction than nonfiction, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, sometimes I'll go on a train of, like, just reading a bunch of Agatha Christie novels. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I don't, 
I don't usually look super deeply into the thing. I don't always look super, super deeply into the things I'm reading. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I will. And sometimes a book like brings up a lot of interesting questions for me. And like sometimes a book is, the book is just the book, you know? Like yeah. sometimes um, it's like, and I'll bring up Agatha Christie again. Like sometimes it's just a fun little mystery. And like there's some sociopath who's like killing people off or like, ooh, this person was uh like had i mean like i guess there's a little like what is it that drives this person to do this but it's all like just human like it's kind of laid out for you and sometimes it's nice to just have it all given to you yeah i think part of it is yeah that i don't think always think super deeply about what i'm reading and the other part is that i don't read super diversely when it comes to like topic and genre um so i'm trying to branch out more I've been reading more biographies lately, which is not usually what I go for. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to things like, like philosophy, or like people's thoughts about things, right? Things that aren't telling stories or like giving information about one like specific niche topic, but it's all like verifiable information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like yeah, people's thoughts about things. Those are a lot harder for me to read. Um, and so I read not very much of them. Well, I think you're very well read. Thanks. Why? <laughs> okay, I'll do you and then you do me. Okay. <laughs> I think, like, with regards to, like, diversity, you're definitely better than me at, at it. You tend to... I think you're more, like, your hand is on the pulse of, like, what people generally want to read and, like, why. And I think a big part of being well-read is being aware of what people like and, like, being able to talk about, like, the books that people read. Whereas for me, I'm, like, if I'm at a at a used bookstore, I just, like, pick up something that's been written by this one guy that, like, nobody cares about. And I'm, like, oh, that's really cool. And, like, let me really think about this. But, like, who's going to talk about it with me? Like, literally just you because I force you to. <laughs> you know yeah so, I can yeah, see I think, that. yeah I think yeah you're you're more aware of like what is universally like read by people because like a lot of the I rely on you a lot to like tell me like oh I should read this this and this because like so so and so blah 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 and I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll read it and they're like good because everyone's read them. there's a reason why people like them you know yeah Whereas me, I kind of just like, oh, this looks interesting. I'll pick it up and read it. <laughs> well, okay, now think, you do. I think <laughs> you're well read for these reasons. Um, number one is that like, oh, maybe this is like kind of one and two together. Like you think uh-huh. so, you think so intensely about what you read and you retain it so well. Like I feel like I read something and then forget about it. <laughs> and like, don't. Like, I, I don't usually, re- like, remember pieces of it or remember ideas from it to, like, bring up in conversation later. But I feel like talking to you often, like, we're in some situation and you'll be like, oh, and, like, pull these things from what you've read to talk about with it. Which I, like, cannot do. And I find it very impressive and very, like, smart. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I feel like you are really good at, at, like, or you read a lot of things that are difficult to read. Like... I think where I'm weak when it comes to being well-read is that I like to go for things that are easy. 
Um, and you don't do that. You like you like the books that you can really dig into and like dig your claws into, um, which I think <laughs> makes it like, yeah, you have these like really interesting ideas because you worked really hard for them. And so that's why I think you're well read. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Thank you. See, Jenny, this is so much better than like that part of the episode we had to cut out because we we're getting too aggressive. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Oh my word. We should just change. We should just like change our episode format to instead of being like, well, what do you think my problem is? Be like, what do you think is good about me? Because <laughs> we are so good at complimenting each other. I know. And like, okay, so like for context, there was this one episode. I think it was the cat who saved books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we were talking about book sins. And we like had to explain to the other person what we thought their book sin was. And like, it was fine. I wasn't hurt or anything. But like, it sounded like we hated each other. Yes. Oh, my word. It was so like, yeah, we sounded like we were at each other's throats. And yeah, but in reality, like it was it was fine. It was um, just a, a typical like Sunday night. <laughs> but it sounded like, oh, so you're saying you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, so what you're saying is you're pretentious. <laughs> and you you're think anyone who doesn't read what you idiot. read isn't a reader. <laughs> oh, oh, that was so man, So good. Um, but wow, thank you for telling me I'm well read. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for telling me that I'm well read. Okay. Okay, here, so here's a question. Mm. Um, are you doing anything actively to work towards being more well read? Um, I think so. Um, I'm not, I haven't been like really partial to fiction books in the past like couple years, not since I finished high school, but recently I told you like I've been trying to really branch out and like read some good, um, fiction books. Uh, before this, I usually focused on classic fiction books and that kind of just made it more difficult <laughs> and like not enjoyable for me. And I would just go back to nonfiction. But like ever since I've started reading like Covenant of Water and like um, I read like a bunch of other stuff, they're like kind of disturbing. So I don't want to recommend them. <laughs> but um, I have read other fiction books that are like, really interesting and I kind of have thoughts so like I can still have thoughts even though it's just fiction yeah I mean not just fiction I have nothing against fiction I love new <laughs> fiction <laughs> fiction you are a skinny legend and you're you're an amazing amazing like curvaceous queen or whatever but like fiction, you are so valid and like <laughs> you have something to say and I'm here to hear it <laughs> but you know what I mean yeah so like the thing I'm doing is reading more fiction. What about okay. you, Jenny? Um, well, one of the things I'm doing this year is keeping a book journal, which I haven't been entirely faithful with. There's some books that like never really got an entry, but I feel like taking the time to like make write something down about it does help me to actually like, even if it's just a dumb book, look for some some themes and some thoughts to have there. And I feel yeah. like I kind of retain the ideas better when I do that. I'm um, reading. I have a book journal too. Yeah, and mine matches yours because yeah. I bought us matching ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing, 
Well, okay, right now I'm really just trying to like not buy so many books. Um, because it's not working well. I mean, the podcast has heard this before. My to be read list is like a bajillion miles long and I'm not getting through it as fast as I should like to. But, um, when I have been buying books, I I've been trying to like, I guess trying to shy away from what just seems easy to read. Like I'll buy, I'll buy some things that seem easier to read, but I'm also trying to go for a lot more nonfiction because that's what I tend to steer away from usually readers um, after uh the vanderbilt book we are actually doing a philosophy book yes myth of sisyphus so you can prepare for that one next yeah it's oh, only I 125 to... pages of pure torture but we'll get through it yeah jenny yeah for sure it's gonna take me a bit you know i should i should start reading that one soon so i can finish it in time to talk about the podcast girly it's gonna take but could you please pages. Could you please read the Space Trilogy? <laughs> ah, I have too many things I need to be reading right now. Um, you know what I'll do is I'll make The Myth of Sisyphus, the book that I just like keep in my backpack um, mm-hmm. and like read when I have like a few minutes. Um, you know, Myth of Sisyphus is a good like right on the margins book. Ooh, yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe yeah. I'll do that. Maybe I'll be a margins writer for that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but so one thing I want to do to try and, like, maybe diversify my reading a bit, or, like, push myself next year. So next year, I'm thinking instead of a number for my book goal, I'm going to make myself, like, a, a checklist um, of, like, um, I don't know, like, something by, uh, for like, a European author, something by an African author, a book of poetry, a, a philosophy book, things like that um just to kind of get me out of my comfort zone a little bit more in reading um instead of so instead of trying to hit like some number my goal is 65 and i don't think i'm gonna meet it this year anyway <laughs> what number are you at right now uh not halfway to 65 that's all i remember let me i'm checking on my story graph real quick but yeah i haven't also haven't updated it recently oh 31 i have a goal of... 32 oh nice I have a goal of 75, and I'm still at 43 or 44. You're doing better than me. You're at least over halfway there. Yeah, but, like, I'm a little behind. Yeah. I'm, like, ugh. I felt like I was reading so much this summer, and yet it still, like, had me behind a lot. I've been trying to diversify my reading and I want to like make an active plan to diversify my reading next year. And then also keeping a book journal to make myself think more about what I'm reading. That's what I've been doing. That's awesome. Speaking of matchy book journals and just matchy in general, how hilarious is it that we're both wearing different t-shirts, but I know you have a t-shirt like mine and I have a t-shirt like yours. Yes, I thought about it. I saw what you were wearing and I was like, oh my word, I should have worn that today. <laughs> like it wouldn't have worked with my outfit, but like, ugh, I should have worn it. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever talked in the podcast about how much we like to match. I don't think, I don't know if we have. Podcast, we have a ridiculously large amount of matching t-shirts and like just matching things in general. We have a lot of, but the biggest one mm-hmm. is t-shirts. 
Um, and part of that is that, like, well, the first thing we ever got matching was a T-shirt. And so we, like, made it a thing that, like, when we did something together, we would buy matching T-shirts. But yeah. then also, Catherine put me on to the best T-shirt that was ever made, which is this, it's, like, Uniqlo. Yeah. And it's just this basic it's a Japanese solid brand. color. Yes. It's, like, a basic solid color T-shirt. Fits great. And it's, like... Nice and modest, not too tight, not too loose, just like the right size. And yeah. it's like super thick, super good quality. Um, and it's great for like if you're teaching all the time and you don't want to be like wearing these graphic t-shirts, but also or like grun- grubby, grungy t-shirts, but also like you want to be really comfortable. Um, they're just perfect. They're so yeah, perfect. Like- the Uniqlo shirt is really good because it can be casual, but also at the same time, it can be, like, a little, like, you can do it up, you know? Yeah, it's, like, so versatile, so great. And it's super cheap for, super like, a cheap. new shirt. Yeah, and, like, you can get it on sale, too, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's, like, 15 bucks, sometimes it's 10 Yeah. And they're uh-huh. honestly, like, the best, like, basic t-shirt that I have. They're so good. I'm obsessed yes. with them. Listeners, and then- if you don't know, I have, like the same shirt in like at least 18 different colors and i really made fun of her for it for a while and now i would say i have at least i have at least 10 (laughs) um and then like yeah we have other matching shirts and other matching stuff all right Catherine. so final (laughs) bit let's so we've been talking about like a well-read person and we already mentioned this, but, like, a well-read person tends to be on the brink of someone who could be, like, kind of pretentious and annoying. <laughs> so let's construct the person, like, the most annoying person who, like, is well-read, I guess. And, like, they really consider themselves well-read. <laughs> like, what is yes. this person like? Okay. He, I'm gonna say it's a man. I can get behind that. <laughs> Uh, he's probably, like, really tall and skinny. Yes, and he wears loafers and tweed trousers. <laughs> he has, like, the beginnings of, like, a wispy beard that he refuses to shave. Yes, and he likes to smoke a pipe. <laughs> horn rim glasses. Um... And, okay, what's the, he wears, like, a, a bowler hat. Or, or like, a newspaper boy hat. Yeah, like a paper boy hat. That's what yeah. I meant. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he probably has greasy hair. Okay, what do you think his favorite book is? His favorite book is probably, like, War and Peace. Ooh. Yeah. Or Anna Karenina. So pretentious. Yeah, or Anna Karenina is my second one. <laughs> Yes. And probably went on Goodreads and like memorized a bunch of like philosophical quotes that he can yes. pull out. But if you mention Goodreads to him, he's like, I don't use Goodreads. Yes. <laughs> oh, and man. like, he probably doesn't have any original thoughts, but he like Googles the books online and like finds the best review and like, oh, this is a perspective I like. And he like talks about that. Yes. And also, like, if you if he mentions a book and you say that you've also read it, he, like, acts really surprised 
and then like asks you some super obscure question about the book to make you like prove that you've also read it. <laughs> yes. And um he's probably um he probably uses like five dollar words for no reason. Yes. And he probably uses a fountain pen. Yes. And carries a satchel. A leather satchel. A leather satchel. Mm-hmm. And he probably, like, talks. He probably can't change a tire. Probably can't change a tire. Probably listens exclusively to classical music and jazz. Yes. And he probably sniffs. Um, He's like, mm, when you talk about a YA book. Probably, yeah. I hate this guy. I know he's the worst. Ew. Get I look so annoyed at him. And he's probably a misogynist scumbag with no boy <laughs> with no girlfriend. He's probably a misogynist scumbag and every girl he ever sees wants to spit on him. And... Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's call it there. Yes. Oh, also he probably never reads in private. He's always like in public. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He probably reads by candlelight. He probably, like, if no one's looking at him and he's reading, he probably, like, clears his throat and is like, <clears throat> <laughs> Okay. He probably reads his book <laughs> and, like, takes a hold of his chin and goes, hmm. <laughs> Strokes that little wispy beard that he's growing. Exactly. Okay, this has gone on way too long. Oh, he probably he probably has a mustache and he curls up the ends of it. <laughs> okay, this has gone on way too long. We should end this so I can plug my computer in. Alright. This has been it's alphabet soup. Babouche. Babouche. <laughs>